Welcome to I Might Die Alone, the podcast that celebrates women who are defining their lives beyond their relationship status and dives deep into the dichotomy of wanting romantic love, but also not letting that absence consume us. So whether you're happily single, actively looking for a partner, or somewhere in between, I'm here to remind you that you are amazing, valuable, and worthy of love and happiness, no matter what your relationship status may be. So join me as we celebrate the power of self-love and independence. I'm your host, Kayla Epps. Megan, welcome to the podcast. Hi, thank you so much for having me. I'm so honored. Oh, thank you so much for joining. I can't wait to get into this conversation. And I want to start with, you are the creator of the Single Girl Club. Yes. And I can't think <laughs> of a better synergy between both of our missions, what I'm trying to do here on the podcast mm-hmm. and what you're trying to do with the Single Girl Club. So can you talk to me a little bit about how did that started? Where did that come from? And where are you now with the Single Girl Club? Yeah. So it really just blossomed from like personal life experience. I had been dating for a while and I had recognized that I had kept repeating like the same toxic like dating cycle. And I wanted to get out of it. I was like, I don't want this kind of experience anymore. So what I needed to do is that I had to reflect on how I was contributing to that cycle. And that kind of like sparked like my own self growth journey. And when I was reading and researching like all about these ways on how I can better communicate my emotions, how to process them, how to take better care of my finances. I thought to myself that I can't be the only single woman that needs these things. And I had had the podcast, or I'm sorry, I had had the the blog before just kind of talking about funny things, but then it needed to have like this transformation. So that's when it became more Single Girl Club, the lifestyle brand. Yeah, I absolutely love it. And it's just, it's truly a testament. It's really hard to find a lot of resources for a single woman of like how to live a complete and whole life all on your own. There's such an overemphasis on being in a relationship. And if you're not in a relationship, how to get to the next relationship, because you can't be happy where you are now. Mm -hmm. There's no way Mm -hmm. like you have to be constantly working on yourself, not just to work on yourself, but to work on yourself in order to achieve a relationship. And it's so hard to find a community by which you are empowered to Mm -hmm. be or feel as if you are complete and worthy on your own, because that's really the fact of the matter. We all are so complete and whole all on our own. So talk to me a little bit about your journey, the self-reflection process. I talk a lot about how therapy was one tool that I used for reflection and healing some of my past traumas and my patterns. But talk to me a little bit about how you got to this place of like, I am worthy all on my own. Yeah, definitely therapy helped me too, mm-hmm. a lot. But also, I think one thing that helped me with my self-reflection is listening. I think mm. a lot of the times, you know, when we in relationships with people, we just assume that the other person was in the wrong, but not listening to the ways that we kind of contribute contributed to the fall of a relationship. And that kind of I had a that kind of bit me in the butt. I'm not going to lie. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like when I ended a relationship and you know, that other person telling me the things that I had done, I was like, that's not me. That's you're lying. But then I had to sit down and actually think, oh, you did do that. Like Mm -hmm. (laughs) you need to fix that. And how can I fix that? So listening to other people is really, I mean, the right people. Let me clarify that. So yeah. So that, I think that was one thing that really helped me on my, my like self-awareness journey. 
Yeah. And how did you find those right people? Because I can't agree more. It's like finding the right people who are aligned with your values. But like, how did you go about that? Was that already in your community? Did you have to actively seek that out? I actively suck at our... Is it seek or suck? What's the what's the right sought. term there? Sought. There <laughs> you go. I was like, what's that word? <laughs> I actively had to like sought it out. I sought it out. Yeah. I think that for me, I had to recognize the words that they were saying and then the actions and let's see if that like aligned. So I think that was one thing that helped me kind of determine if they were the right people that I should be listening to or I should surround myself with. Mm. And I mean... I'm not always going to be around the right people. And I think it's important for us to practice discernment and make judicious decisions on whether or not those people should be in our lives. But I mean, it's kind of like trial and error, I guess. Yeah, absolutely. And I think that there's a something to be said about the fact that it could be the right person could be different mm-hmm. at different phases of your life. Like the right person for mm-hmm. me right now in my early 30s might not be the right person for me as I get closer to my forties, you know, and like you said, it's practicing that discernment to say, it's okay. Like this person may not be right for me right now for where I'm at in my journey. And that's totally Mm -hmm. fine, but you really do need to, to reconcile with that fact. So Mm -hmm. I love that. I saw on your Instagram that you have a book club. (laughs) I do. Yes. And I am obsessed. And what really piqued my interest is you had bell hooks. All about love. And you had one of her like favorite quotes, which is knowing how to be solitary is central to the art of loving. When we can be alone, we can be with others without using them as a means of escape. And like that is one of my favorite quotes from the book. I mean, that book is jam packed with gems first and foremost. So for anyone listening, if you haven't uh, read it, you are missing out. Like you need to buy it immediately. Mm -hmm. But, you know, as I was prepping for this conversation and thinking about like what this podcast is about, what your Instagram and your blog is about, I was like, I just, this quote is everything because I think that is really what we're trying to get to. And so often I think that people think when you are decentering romance, which is what this podcast is about, or like being intentionally single, being okay with being single, it's like, oh God, you're going to be alone forever, but people really forget that being alone and being okay with being alone is necessary Mm -hmm. for any type of relation that you have, any type of healthy relationship that you Mm -hmm. have. So can you talk to me a little bit about how your time being alone has helped you as you think about the next relationship, if you're in a relationship and how that has really transformed how you interact with other folks? Definitely. I think my time alone has really helped me to kind of mute societal's like terms and things that they say that we need in a relationship or what we should be looking for in relationships. Because, you know, for so long, I thought that I wanted certain things, but then really when I spent the time alone, I recognized that what I really need is like emotional safety Mm -hmm. or I need someone that's vulnerable and willing to be vulnerable with me. And those are things that I I need in order to feel safe. But, you know, society really doesn't tell you that those are the things that you should be looking for. You should be looking for someone that makes over six figures, or you should be looking <laughs> for someone that's a certain height. Those are the things that mm-hmm. they're like shoving down your your throat. But for me, I think this time alone has really allowed me to get to know who I am 
It's allowed me to figure out what I want in life and in all of my relationships, not just my romantic relationships, but the romantic Mm -hmm. relationships I have with colleagues and with my friends. And it's allowed me to kind of, you know, practice grace when I mess up. It's allowed me to explore and be curious and, you know, just blossom into the best version of myself. So I think that solitude is so necessary and it's really helped me build my self-worth and I want everyone to recognize their value. And I think that during their single season, that's the perfect time for them to do that. Yeah. I love that. And I can't help but to wonder, like when you launched Single Girl Club, what was the reaction from your friends? Because I think so often people fear saying publicly, like, I'm okay being single and like, I'm reclaiming it. Like there's kind of some shame in that. So what was the reaction in in your community, your network, or when you launched Single Girl Club? And like, how did you talk to folks about the fact that like, I'm reclaiming this season of my life and I'm embracing it. And it doesn't mean that I'm less worthy than anyone else around me who might be in a romantic relationship. Mm -hmm. I mean, the girls, the girls loved it you know, immediately. They were like, (laughs) yes, I'm for it. We want to reclaim this. We want to reframe the narrative around the single season. And I did get a little uh, pushback from some of the guys. And I think it was just the assumption that it was a blog or a site that was trashing men. And that's not the case at all. Right? It's not, I'm not about trashing men. There's so many men in my life that I love and that I adore and Mm -hmm. I have relationships with them that I cherish so much. It's really just about learning how to love yourself so that that you can show up in relationships with other people and pour love into other people too. So I think for me, there will always be, you know, that group of individuals that will have that assumption and I'm totally fine, you know, speaking on it because it allows me to kind of help change the narrative on what single life looks like. And I want everyone to be happy, you know, in their single season so that they can find and draw healthy relationships in their life. I'm just gearing this to single women because I am a woman and I can speak from that place. Yeah, exactly. I'd love to hear what were some of the conversations like with the men Mm. besides, gosh, you hate men, but what what were some of the other things (laughs) they said? I think the main conversation I was having was their assumption that I was kind of preaching to women that they should just stay single. Yeah. And that's not... That's what I'm, what I'm saying. I'm just, I mean, you can stay single if you want to stay single and you can get married or you can be in a relationship with whoever you want. It's your prerogative. But I, the most, many of the conversations I had with men is just like, why are you telling people to stay, to stay single? Like, what's the point? And mm-hmm. I'm just like, that's not it. It's telling them that in this season, while you're single, work on yourself and develop the necessary skills, character traits that you think is going to, you know, contribute to a healthy relationship, not just platonic or I'm sorry, not just romantic, but platonic as well. So that was one. Actually, that was mostly the main one that I was having. And sometimes it's, you know, the thing in like, oh, women empowerment that we don't need men. And I'm just like, that's not the case either. (laughs) I'm just telling women to love themselves and encouraging them to love themselves and, you know, giving them the tools and the resources they need in order, you know, to build their self-worth. Right. And like empowering them to say like, it's a choice. So like whether yeah. you end up with someone or you're actively sinking or not ever again, like that's totally fine. But like, that's not my decision to make. But like, how can I arm you with the tools to be happy exactly where you are? So mm-hmm. I love that. Exactly. And I can't help but to think of like, 
how men actually probably need like a men club when they focus on like being single and like working on themselves. I think that's missing. Like we can all use it, not just women. So I would love to see more men actually have these conversations. And I think it would foster great, better heterosexual relationships. Yes, if they, they really they will. willing to put in the work. But, you know, I think that it's going to be a long time until we <laughs> see that. But I hope by having these conversations that we will be able to advance that a little bit more quickly. I actually do want to get like a man on the show because I think it's so important to get that perspective. And yes. Yeah. Yes. I would love, love to see that. And I would definitely right? be tuning into that conversation. I know. I just, I just got to figure out who, who would be willing to do so. But like, I'm, yeah. I'm on the hunt, but I'd love to dig back into Single Girl Club and talk to me about the vision, like the future vision. Where has it been? Where is it now? And where is it going? Well, yeah, it just started off as a blog, just like Mm -hmm. my personal experience. And then it kind of grew into like this lifestyle brand that I work with other writers and, you know, other entrepreneurs that they give their two cents in about whether it's helping you with your finances or helping you, you know, with self-love or beauty and stuff. I think the main goal is that I just want to create it to be this large community for single women in any phase of their life to come and get that empowerment, get that encouragement and inspiration to grow in whatever way possible. So it's whether they need help with their finances, we have stuff for that. If they want to, you know, be a part of an in-person community right now and live in LA, I have stuff for that. Sorry, I don't have anything else outside LA, but you know, I just want it to be a safe space for single women. We can talk about, you know, the ups and downs of the season, talk about loneliness, talk about, you know, and growth, all of those things. Mm-hmm. So I want it to just grow and reach the right people that it needs to and heal the right people. I love that. Talk to me a little yeah. bit about the events. Cause that sounds right up my alley and I'm in LA. So anyone who's also listening in, in LA, I think would appreciate hearing what type of events do you hold? Yes. So the recent, most recent one I did, I did a wine tasting in oh, May, which was so much fun. We got lit. Okay. <laughs> we tried five different wines. My friend, Andrew, who is a phenomenal sommelier, kind of like walked us through a flight of wines. But the purpose of it was to raise money for single mothers. There is this oh. nonprofit organization here called Single Moms Planet that I love. They help Mm. give single mother entrepreneurs like resources and tools to help them scale their businesses. And since it was May and Mother's Day, I was like, we have to do something for single moms because I was raised by a single mother. So Mm. I need to, you know, give back. So we did a fun fundraiser on Instagram. And then I partnered with a couple of local businesses one down dog studio, and then also Lemon Lounge skincare studio. And we kind of created a raffle basket. And all of the ladies at the wine tasting purchased some tickets for the raffle basket and all the proceeds were donated to the nonprofit. So we do things like that. Something that's fun, but can also like give back in a way. Yeah. That's amazing. That's literally like the perfect balance. (laughs) Yeah. I was like, it has to be. Yeah. Yeah. Good thing. Yeah. Yeah, let me know when the next event is because I will be in there. I'll I'll watch out on Instagram for it because that Ooh, is okay. amazing. Yeah. Oh yes, I will definitely tell you when the next one is. <laughs> Good. And then another topic you touched on just then was you when you're explaining Single Girl Club is touching on different topics like loneliness, loneliness, 
financial. If you're comfortable, can you share, were there times when you were single that you were lonely and like, how did you deal with that? Because I think that is such a common feeling for folks who are in their single season and might have been in their single season for an extended period. How did you deal with that? Yeah. Loneliness, it, it like bites up and gets me often. I don't want to say all the time, but quite often because I do have the desire to have a partner one day and have a family. So when I'm comparing myself, I feel like to others that do have those things already, I can feel like my joy just like being taken from Mm -hmm. me. But I think the one thing that helps me the most is reaching out to my community. So I don't like really feel alone. I'm like, okay, I have people that I can reach out to. I have people that I can you know, talk to and be vulnerable about this. And there are other women that are single that are going through the same thing. And I think just having that conversation with those women really helps me too. Being outside is a great one. I love being in nature. Nature always grounds me and helps heal Mm me. And then just, yeah, I think community is really important to me. And then making sure that I use the tools in my self-care kit to kind of like help bring my vibrations up. But loneliness... It affects me more often than I like. And and it affects a lot of people, not just single people. I mean, people that yeah. are married can feel lonely too. So it's it's a uphill battle sometimes. Yeah, absolutely. Well, thank you so much for, for sharing that. I know it's not easy, but also yeah. for folks listening, like I experience, I think I've shared in, in other episodes, loneliness, like it is hard. It's not saying like, you know, being single is a breeze and, you know, you don't have these moments where you're like, gosh, I'm really missing out on this life that I envisioned for me. Because just like you, you know, I do, even though I stand wholeheartedly behind the idea of decentering romance, but again, that doesn't mean that I don't want a romantic partner. It just means I value all relationships equally. It's really Mm -hmm. hard when you look all around you and everybody has (laughs) what you want. And it's just like, it's simply out of reach for you. You know, Mm -hmm. there are so many things in this world where, you know, I'm highly ambitious. I'm like, oh no, like I can, there's a way to get that. Like I can do that fine, but like, I can't just miraculously make a baby and like miraculously find someone that I'm compatible with. So it does get really, really tough. But I love that you said that you lean into your community because I really lean lean into my community too. And I think it's such a, a special thing to have and something that I hope everyone is able to build in their life because community truly is everything. And you can build community, not just with other single people. Like you can build community with people who are in romantic partnerships who also value their other relationships as well. So I think that's truly, truly important for folks to to understand. So you're in LA. Did you grow up? Mm -hmm. No, actually. I'm a military brat. Ooh. Yeah. Okay. This is interesting. Talk to me a little bit about where you've been. I lived in Georgia for a hot second, lived in Texas for a little bit longer. And then I, my, my mom settled in Arizona where I did the most of my, like I grew up there. Most majority of my childhood was there. And then I lived in DC for a little bit. So kind of just like bopped around. And then I moved out here about eight years ago and this is home. Wow. Yeah. God, LA is truly, truly the best. So I asked you that because I can't help but to think of how that impacted how you built relationships. You know, if you're not in a place for a long time, you mm-hmm. constantly picking up, you constantly have to restart these relationships. It's not to say that you leave the other relationships in the dust, 
but mm-hmm. you become long distance a little, it's a little bit harder. So are there any tips and tricks that you have to building community in different places? Because it's not always easy. It's not, especially yeah. like, I feel like when people aren't authentic, it can be very difficult too to build relationships. That's why it's so important for us to turn into ourselves and really figure out what we want and show up as our authentic selves. But I think, again, another thing, it's trial and error. It's just connecting with people at like networking events or events that you have, you know, interest in. Like if you love tennis, start doing tennis, but it's really, you kind of have to put yourself out there. And it's yeah. not always going to be successful, I guess you could say, but it's kind of just you using that discernment to determine whether or not this individual or these people are going to like be in your life, you know, long-term or short-term. But yeah, I would say it's like trial and error. Yeah. That's my advice too. But I think what you touched on <laughs> of putting yourself out there, I think is key. And then putting yourself out there in the right spaces. like. Mm -hmm. for me, like at my age, like I don't expect to go out to the club and like hit it off with someone, you know what I'm saying? Like you have to like put yourself into places where you are more likely to be in a space where people are also looking to build community and connection like your events, you know, find different meetups, align with someone who also likes your same hobbies. I know there's a billion Facebook groups out there where you can find folks in your city where you can connect with. So it's really being intentional about like how you go out and seek those communities and don't mm-hmm. get frustrated, you know, when you don't meet a gal pal at 1am, you know, at the club, it's probably not the best way. I mean, it can happen because yeah. so many relationships are formed in the woman's bathroom, uh, you know, in clubs. So many. We're so yeah. friendly. Yeah. <laughs> so I can't exactly say it can't happen, but you know, there are other options to mm-hmm. finding friendships. So I am also so intrigued that you are you're an entrepreneur and I absolutely love to see black women entrepreneur. So can you share with us your journey of like, how did you get here? Have you always been an entrepreneur? Did you have a traditional nine to five as they would say? Yeah. So I kind of just recently decided to be more focused on my entrepreneurial like path and life. Mm -hmm. Before I did have more of like a nine to five, I was an organizational manager for art support art I can't speak for an art platform based in Chicago mm-hmm. and before that I worked at Chanel I was a business manager for that so I've kind of done a little bit of everything but I think for me what I love about being an entrepreneur is the flexibility mm-hmm. I mean I love the freedom that I have yeah. it can be a little stressful not knowing where your next paycheck is coming from and you know, you're like, oh, how am I going to pay my bills? All of those things, they can linger and if you yeah. ruminate on them too long, you can stress yourself out. But I think the freedom that I have now is, it's just amazing. And I, I love it. So I have to take it with the highs and the lows, but yeah, it's, it's a fun journey to be on. Yeah. And I just, you know, I think about it as it's such an incredible time to embark on that journey mm-hmm. on your own as well. Like you have the opportunity to really like dig deep and figure out what it is you want to do. So I always think that that's kind of like one of the highlights that I think of being in my single season as well, of like really being able to go after anything you want without having to think about anybody else and like really carve out your own path, which I think is 
is pretty incredible. So yeah, it's pretty, pretty cool. So I also saw that obviously creeping on your Instagram that you have an accountability group, which I think is so, so sweet with other women, which I can't help but to think that's another form of community. And how did you go about building that? Like, I know you've been in LA for eight years, but I just think that is so sweet and just an example again of like how women are able to build community together and not only just women, like black women. And I just, I love the little video that you had. So are you able to share a little bit about how that formed? Cause I thought that's so sweet. Absolutely. So it kind of formed, I think it's funny. We, me and my girlfriends were all talking. We were just like venting about how much we were frustrated with our jobs and how much we wanted to really make our own business, you know, blossom and, you know, prosper. Mm -hmm. So we decided to get together and just start doing kind of like a co-working space. But then we dug deeper and was like, hey, we should actually start setting goals and benchmarks for ourselves and checking one another when we're not doing what we say we're going to do. And Mm -hmm. so it kind of formed into this group of just like three of us that then added a couple more people and a couple more people. And then we just started seeing each other like once a week on Fridays. And it's been so helpful. I just think being around those women has motivated me so much more, has inspired me. And honestly, it's a great place to, you know, just vent too. Like there are times that I'm frustrated with my business, that I'm not seeing the growth that I need. And I can be vulnerable and open with these group of women. And they tell me, hey, you know, we're feeling that too. Maybe you are doing too many things. And when I'm feeling overwhelmed, Mm -hmm. they're like, let's look at this. What what should be on your plate now? What should be on your plate later? Like, I feel like sometimes, especially as black women, we put too many things in our buckets thinking that we can do it all. And I'm just like, we don't have to, we really don't. So take one step at a time. Yeah. Take one step at a time. And you know, that accountability group has helped me so much. So much. I love that. And you're the second woman in my life who has talked about an accountability group and how much value it has brought to their lives. Like I have never heard of an accountability group before. Like you always hear the word, like have some account accountability, but like, mm-hmm. how does that like work in practice outside of yourself? And like, again, another way of forming community, which I think is so, yeah. so incredibly beautiful. And I can imagine that you probably are able to like transfer skills as well. Like you're able to help each other out if someone's you know, had a marketing job before, like help you with marketing, social media, stuff like that, which I think would be pretty, pretty cool. Yeah. That's so helpful. Yeah. We definitely trade resources and knowledge with one another. So that is so nice because I don't want to hire, you know, so many people to help me with things when I have a girlfriend that's like, Hey, I have a marketing degree. I can help you with this. Da 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 da. And I'm like, great. <laughs> now I can save some money and, you know, implement those strategies that you've helped or that you've told me about. So yeah. Yeah. I love that. And, you know, coming up to some of my last questions, I would love to know what is like your least favorite, favorite part of this season of your life? And then the second question is like, what is your favorite part of the season of your life? That is a good question. (laughs) My least favorite part. Yes. I mean, right now I'm having so much fun. I mean, it's summertime. It's a hot girl summer. So I'm having a good time now. I think just in general, having a partner would 
it, it could be helpful. And it could like, I feel like I have to do everything alone. And I think that's the one thing yeah. that frustrates me is like, oh, I'm doing this, this, and this. Just being a single person, I have to cook, I have to clean, I have to like make like the bills and the lights, you know, all mm-hmm. of those things. So I'm like doing everything and I'm just like, I'm tired. Yeah. <laughs> so it can be frustrating having to, you know, do everything. But, you know, again, I'm overwhelming myself. And if I just take one step at a time and do the things that need to be done when they need to be done, instead of having to try doing everything all at once, I think that that can help me. But I think that's probably the least favorite part of it, feeling that I have to do everything on my own. And the favorite part is obviously it's hot girl summer. Like having Yeah, I forgot about that. (laughs) Yeah, favorite part, hot girl summer, having a blast. I also, I love the ability to kind of do what I want and when I please. Just recently, a girlfriend and I, we decided to go to the Beyonce concert and we decided to go in Paris. And so we just planned a little trip to go in Paris and I didn't have to ask anyone for any permission or see if, you know, I I just was like, oh, I'm going to do it. So I think that's Mm -hmm. one of my favorite parts is just having that freedom to kind of like explore and just do what I want when I want and spending my money how I want because I like shoes and I like trips. So I like, (laughs) I like having the ability to just, you know what? I worked hard. I'm going to buy these shoes today. I don't have to like pay for anything else. So it's, yeah, that's nice. Absolutely. But let's talk about Beyonce. I went in Amsterdam. Like (gasps) how much fun did you have? Oh my God. I had. I'm still thinking about it. (laughs) Right. I mean, I had the best time. So I went in Paris, which was cool because we were the first city to get blue. Yeah. But it was a good time. I had a Oh God, I had such a great time. She was amazing. She is a goddess and my mouth was just like to the floor the entire time. I had never screamed so loudly in my life. And yeah, I just had a, I had a blast. I don't know what else to say. It was just a blast. Right? I know it's like so hard to articulate. Like I really think I had an out of body experience when I saw her and Mm -hmm. we really splurged. We were front row, which was (sighs) truly iconic yeah like i could have touched her obviously you cannot touch beyonce you know insecurity all that but like in theory i I was that close that i could touch her and blue came off she was not on pto so she was working that day so i got to see her too so it was (laughs) truly miraculous but it was kind of the same thing i was with my girlfriend and you know my mom my sister we just just got up and go and like we're like we're going to see beyonce in amsterdam had a blast just us and i think so often I would have been like, oh God, like I wish, you know, my partner would have bought me these tickets, you know, or like I went with my partner, but like, I couldn't imagine, you know, like I had a blast and wouldn't mm-hmm. have wanted to be there with anybody else, but mm-hmm. you know, my girlfriends. So I always, you know, reflect back on that. Like you said, it's just so nice in this season to just really cherish, cherish all these moments, even though it looks different than what mm-hmm. I ex- expected my life to be at 31 it's still so, so incredibly important. So Mm -hmm. I'm so glad you got to experience Beyonce too. I'm like dying. I want to see her again in the States because I just feel like to be with so many black people would be so beautiful for like, for to be in an audience that like really, really gets it. Like 
mm-hmm. even though, you know, the stadiums were sold out in Europe. But like to be, I was like, I can't imagine the Houston show. Oh, the LA You know, show. Houston's about to be lit. Yep. Oh Houston my is about God. to go up. Yes. The Houston show is going to be insane. The New Orleans show is going to be in, in fucking insane. Yeah. Like, it's going to be incredible. Whew, well. Thank you for <laughs> going on that little <laughs> tangent with me. Like Beyonce Love it. just deserves Queen. that. But Queen. Yes. Icon. Like true. Yeah, legend. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> All of the words. <laughs> that is Beyonce. But mm-hmm. uh, as we begin to like wrap up, is there anything that you wanted to share, chat about? Let me know. You can flip the script. Mm, I'm always I guess open. That's fun. You want me to ask you questions? You can. I just always leave it open to folks, like whatever they want. It's an open space because, you know, I'm so thankful that you're so open to answering questions. So I only feel that it's um, equal to open myself up as well. I love that. Okay. So let's talk. (laughs) Well, I think we haven't talked about like dating though. I feel like that's one thing that we should be talking about as single women. Like how are we dating? How are we showing up in our dating lives? So are you dating right now? I am not dating. I just, okay. yeah, Why? no, I'm like super intentionally single. Like I'm working on a few new endeavors that I'm just like heads down in. I love and that. I just like the apps. I can't, like I can't, oh, like I think I've, I've come to the conclusion, like it's not for me. And I think for so long I was trying to like force myself, like this is the only way. And it's mm-hmm. like, if this is the only way then I guess it's just not meant for me. And like, I think I've accepted that. Like, I just don't think my person is going to be on the apps. It's just not healthy mm-hmm. for me and like how I operate, my brain space. So right now I'm taking a break. That's not to say if I see someone, you know, out and we meet, we have a little meet cute. <laughs> I'm mm-hmm. not going to be open to it, but I'm not yeah. like actively seeking it out. How about you? I am open. I think okay. that's what it is. And yeah. I go on dates. I have fun. I think dating is fun now before I embarked on this kind of growth journey. I hated dating. I Mm -hmm. hated every single thing about it. I hated the apps and I still hate apps. And I hated going on the dates, having to go through the same, you know, questionnaire between new people. And I was just like, ugh. And I think I hated it so much because I was going in it with this mindset, like I need to find the one. And if I don't find the one, then... I could die alone, right? Mm -hmm. Let's just be honest. But (laughs) now I think I have a whole new perspective on dating. And I think partly that has to do with after my dad died, I realized that I had put so much pressure on dating and finding the one because I wanted that fairy tale wedding. And I wanted my father Mm -hmm. to like vet my person and I wanted him to walk me down the aisle. And Mm -hmm. I think that after he passed away, that kind of like pressure kind of like dissolved. And now I'm just Mm -hmm. like, you know what, I'm going to take my time and go into these dates, like reframe my mindset, go into these dates and just get to know this person, just who they are and see, you know, their dislikes and the things that they do like and see if we are compatible. And if we're not compatible, just walk away from it. But I think Mm -hmm. dating has become a lot more fun for me when I've kind of removed the, the one out of my mind, but yeah, still don't do apps. Mm. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. No, I, I, one, I want to say, I'm so sorry for your loss, but two, like completely agree with you that dating is more fun when I do go on dates. 
it is so much fun when you come from a space of not desperation. And like, I'll speak from my own experience. Like I was desperate at a few points in my life where I'm just like, God, like this has to be it. Like this is my one millionth date. Like something has (laughs) got to give. And then you're sitting in your brain where you're like, gosh, like I need them to like me when I wasn't doing a good enough job assessing, even if I like that person, you know, like not really sitting and listening and seeing like, even if I vibe with this person, like, could this even be a potential partner? Cause I was just obsessed. Like you said, which is like finding the one, like I just, someone, please, please. Mm -hmm. I just want to be chosen, you know, Mm -hmm. but you know, I'm hopeful for us still always, you know, and (laughs) you know, I joke all the time, like, yeah, my podcast's title, it is reclaiming it. It's like making it more lighthearted. Like, yeah, like we all die alone. It's, you know, like in in point, in fact, we all do, but like we can, we can get there. We can have a fulfilling life. So yeah. That is incredible. Have you had any dating horror stories lately? I know you're open, not lately. But, I but, mean, which has been really nice. I feel like because yeah. you know, I've changed kind of like my mindset around it and you know, I recognize red flags a little bit quicker mm-hmm. and I don't give anyone the benefit of the doubt. I'm just like, "Oh, you're showing me mm-hmm. who you are." So I'm not going to I'm not going to play this game anymore. I feel like I'm too old for yep. that. I haven't had any bad dating experiences yet. Or not good. Actually, I'm not going to say yet. I don't want to say. Yeah. Uh, I haven't had any bad <laughs> dating experiences. So I don't want to call that into my life. Yeah. <laughs> it's been fun so far. I mean, just getting good. to meet people is, I like meeting people. So just getting to yeah. know, meet new people is always fun for me. Yeah. And like, I really am starting to believe and always kind of have, but like, you really do attract what you put out, which I think I goes into probably why you haven't had any horror dating stories thus far, once you've put in the work in yourself, mm-hmm. everyone used to say that, like you attract what you put out, blah, blah, blah. I was like that yeah. little woo woo shit. Like I wasn't, wasn't into it. I was like, I don't know. But like, to your point, I'm just like, yes, I haven't found my person, but things feel so much lighter and you mm-hmm. can just date freely and you meet more people that you are aligned to. And everything doesn't feel as if it's a failure. Every time mm-hmm. I meet someone and it may not work out, I've always learned something, whether it be about myself or that person, which did not happen before I put in the work on myself. And I was, yes, I would say ugly inside and wasn't healed inside. So mm-hmm. I also, I'm starting to think that that's what happens. Like dating horror stories kind of go away when you put in the work on yourself because you're attracting better, more aligned people. They may not be your person, but better aligned. Yeah. That is so true. And I like that you said that you are learning things. I think that Mm -hmm. we forget that dating is also a learning experience because sometimes we may think that we want something and then we date someone that has those things and you're just like, wait, actually, I don't think I, I don't think I want this anymore. Right. I think maybe I want something different and okay, that's fine. You're allowed to, you know, change and explore new avenues in your dating journey. And yeah, learning is the, the biggest key too. It is for sure. And dating in LA also is just, it's a weird place here. It's, it's a little so fun, a little spicy. I've only been here for seven months and I'm like, oh, what's going on here? I feel like it's never oh, you're land, a though, you know? Yeah, yeah, I'm so fresh. So fresh. Are you from Chicago or where? You, I, I'm assuming no. you're from Chicago because you have the, okay. I know. Where are you know. from? No, this is because I ro- rolled out of bed this morning. I love I'm that. from North Carolina. Oh, nice. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I've so, never been. 
but I would love, love to go. I need to go to South Carolina specifically because my mom and I want to visit a school there. Um, My grandfather did some stuff out there. So we want to explore that side of the the states. Yeah, definitely do it. Beautiful beaches, North Carolina, (gasps) South Carolina. And then we also have the mountains in North Carolina, which (gasps) are amazing. But it's a literally completely different vibe. Mm-hmm. from the south to here like everyone settled down in north carolina literally at 25 and then you yeah. come out to la and it's like yeah. you're a child bride i feel like if you're <laughs> if you're married before like 35 years so it's yeah. quite interesting <laughs> dating yeah how has that transition I, been for you oh my god i'm obsessed like yeah okay i love it it's been quite easy for me and everyone I tell I moved to LA. They're like, oh my God, that makes like so much sense. Like you are so LA. I'm like, yeah, now that I'm here, I get it. But like before I used to talk so much crap about LA. I was like, oh my God, I can never live in LA. Those people are so superficial. I would never, but like, it's literally the most laid back place, obviously, depending on where you go, the crowd mm-hmm. that you hang out with. But it's like, mm-hmm. because I think in my mind, I had like the whole influencer world in my head and I was like, yeah. no, and like the slips, I was like, you know, not for me. But yeah. that's not the true depiction of LA. So it's not. Mm-hmm. It's been a blast. I love the weather, except the past few months have been giving Seattle, but we're back. It has. So mm-hmm. as you said, hot girl summer. We are hot girl summer. Yes. Yeah. We have arrived. We're I here. Cannot wait. Yeah, it's mm-hmm. it's brilliant. So yeah, we'll definitely have to connect. So many good events going on. Yes. Obsessed. So we shall connect. And we shall. where can the girls find you? Twitter, Ooh, Instagram. Yes. You can find us on Instagram at Single Girl Club. Definitely check out the website. It's singlegirlclub.com. Subscribe to our newsletter. And if you are a avid reader, definitely check out our book club too, because we've got some good book club selections. Right now we're reading Financial Feminist by Tori Dunlap. So she's helping me get (gasps) my money together. Oh my gosh. Are you like, just, are you also working with her in person? No, I'm not. Uh, You know what? But let's put that out there. Let's put that in the the universe. I would love to like talk to her about it, but yeah, I am loving her book. It's so good because it's funny. I don't like financial books that are boring because I'm like, I don't want to talk about numbers all day, but she's funny and I really enjoy it. And it's definitely helped me kind of like tighten up my budget and start investing and stuff. So that's what we're reading right now. I need to join and like right now and read that book. My friend is actually friends with her IRL and she said she's amazing. So it's really exciting to hear that her book is fantastic as well. Um, So so I will join that book club. That is amazing. Mm -hmm. Yay. Cool. Yay. Yay. Well, I can't (laughs) thank you enough for taking time out of your schedule on a Friday in sunny LA to sit and chat with me. I loved this conversation. So thank you so much. Oh, of course. Thank you so much for having me. I really appreciate it. I'm so honored. So, so, so honored. Of course. Of course. I love it. Thank you. 